First, I want to thank my good friends Daniel and, and Avi Aronovitz for opening it with a home once again. We're not strangers here, and uh, Torah should never be a stranger in any of our homes. And and you know that it's a it's a wonderful investment. Anytime the home is open up for Yiddishkeit for more learning, it only brings brachas. So uh, thank you again, Daniel. We appreciate it. The learning tonight is going to be for schus for a full shleima for Yisrael Issa ben Chai Reza and for Yosef ben Malka Sheva. They should have a full shleima b'sal shachal Yisrael. We're learning the kuntras from from Absimei Zilberg, but because because as I've spoke, I've mentioned each time that it's really trans, the transcription of a of an oral. I wouldn't even call it a schmooze unless you were there and have ever seen it. If you speak to one of the men that's been there, they'll tell you it's it's an event. It's not just a it's not a sheer. It's a, it's just a, an event. So try to imagine the the lights out. Shall we this time? A room packed with like a 700 to 1,000 people, and a tsunami in the dark is like screaming these things, jumping. He can't even follow where he is, flying around the room. It's a, it's an experience. So because of that, and the chevr and the that we're translating it from the Yiddish, we try to remain as faithful to the ruach of Ratsumeya's talk. There's going to naturally be repetition, because that's, that's the way that a shmuz is given, to be mechazik, the Indian. So we don't have to, oh, we, there are little pieces that we could skip, even though we could use that as well, it certainly would help us. But Mitzvah will we'll, uh, we'll be zaychet to hear from Ratsumeya, by the way has told me how thrilled he is that, that, that we're learning this and he's and he, and he wanted to wish everybody a felch in Hanukkah and that, that everybody should have bracha nachas from their children so he sent that along to everybody so we'll skip uh, just a little drop because it, it's, it's really being the chazik thing we were talking about we're on page test we're going to start we're just going to review a drop the paragraph on the right side where it says a kamosha kosuv v'chazal hakidoshim Now the way that we should do this would really be to just to sit straight for like seven, eight hours and to do it normally instead of chopped up. But, but this is also part of our experience in, in, in Galas, that everything is in such a way. So we were talking about, Tzimei was talking about the the marble, the flood. I was talking to some Kheber about this last night, a little bit in, in, in Farakaway. The fact that we're living through times where the marble has reappeared, it's resurfaced. The flood, the primordial flood from the beginning of time has resurfaced, but not not with water, but with Mayim Hazedon, which are called the treacherous waters of disbelief, of heresy, of pretis, of immorality, and so on. And and once again, but on a more on a more national scale, the Jewish people like Noah are being told that the only way that we are able to to rescue mankind is by entering into a teva, by entering into a boat. And the Teva that we've learned about, we've been talking about, which is connected to the Chuppas, connected to the Sukkis, and talk more about marriage in a little while also. It means every single Jewish home is now a Teva. Every Jewish home is a Teva. And the meaning of the Teva, as we've been learning about, is somehow somehow to enclose our family, to to be mechazik, the whole meaning of Shmira, of watching and guarding the wholeness and, and, and the... the um, the tahara, the pureness of our children, which is the main achrayas of our generation. What he's talking about at the end of page Ches, which we don't really have to read inside, but what he's talking about at the end of page, at the page Ches is, is Kapitel Kuf Zayin. In Tehillim, in Tehillim, all of you know Kapitel Kuf Zayin. You've said it a thousand times more than me, I'm sure. Except, we, according to Baal Shem, we say it every Friday night before Mincha. Every Friday afternoon before Mincha. And there is the source of where we learn of the four individuals who have to bench Gomel. Somebody that crossed an ocean, somebody that crossed a desert, a person who got through it wasn't well, was bedridden, and was able to, Baruch Hashem finally was able to have a four, and somebody who was imprisoned and was able to, get, was able to, was released from prison. And there, Davin Amalf is talking about the four types of tsaris. All Jews, according to the Baal Shem go through these tsaris in different ways. It's not so much crossing over deserts, although we might fly over a desert. That's not the point. There are times in life, there's a, there's a poet, 
who was from the world of, uh, of impurity, so I don't want to mention his name in this context, but I, I, read, I read a lot of his poetry a long time ago, and he had, a, he had a poem called Desert Places. And in that poem, he wrote about how I really don't have to go through the Mojave or other places in the world that are desert because I have desert places of my own. And that means that there are times in life that are, that are deserts where a person feels dry and empty without any cheshik or anything, without any desire to daven, without any ability to show love to the people that we love, and so on. It's the time of a desert, and so on with being imprisoned. I don't have to go through all of them. The Iker, the Iker, the main sorrow for the Jewish people, we all go through all four. Paul Shemta said we should say that Friday, before, right before Kabbalah Shabbos, because each week we go through those four. And finally we come to Shabbos, and we thank you, the Baruch Shalom, that we've come to Shabbos and we're free from those four levels of tsaras. But the Svarma Kedoshim have revealed that the main tsara, the main problem, it's worse than a problem, problem sounds like, you know, it's a little thing, the, the main source of anguish of the last generation before Mashiach comes is Ose Moloch B'mayim Rabin, which means the person who's trying to cross a stormy ocean and the winds are blowing the boat around Mamish like crazy and you feel that the boat is going to break into a million pieces. And the Maim Rabin, the Maim Rabin, which means the, the confusion, the daigus of Parnassah, the, the worries over Parnassah, the, the uh, lachats, the, the pressure that we have, even though to a large extent Jews have never been more comfortable in all of history than we are now, but the emotional pressures, the social pressures. And then Maim, which is, you see this Tanya, explains in many places, and it's already, it's found in the Zara Kodesh, that Mayim is always a simon of tanugim, of pleasures, of physical pleasures. That there's a marble of, of, of Mayim, of Mayim, of a flood of, of Tavis, of, of desires that are now revisiting us before Mashiach comes, and our children are subjected to these storms, to these waves. And therefore, more than ever, the tachlis of our lives now is to try to become enclosed in, in the Teva, remember that we learned the Teva, the boat, the word Teva also means words. It means the Teva, like the Baal Shemtav said, enter into the words of Davni. Enter into the words when Hashem told Noah to bring his family into the Teva, into the words. But mostly it means what this entire country is about is the Shmir that we've been talking about, trying to create a safe haven, uh, 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 some some little oasis of normalcy, of, 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 of holiness, of pureness, in a, in a world that is generally unbelievably stormy. And that's the avoider, the main avoider of, of our generation, and the Christ that we have not, God forbid, to increase the storm orders for our children and for ourselves by bringing into our lives. It's bad enough that we have to be in this marble, but not to bring more of the marble into, into our homes. So let's just continue on page test. On page test. For those of you who don't have it, I know it's hard to listen, especially late at night. But I, I, Davka, I like to learn this inside. And, um, and maybe for the next time to photos that a few pages ahead from one of, the, from one of your chaveres. On the right-hand side on page 10. David HaMelech begged Hashem, please watch and guard us in this generation. David HaMelech was surrounded by enemies. Everybody knows that. The entire Sefer Tehillim. But we also know that Tehillim is for each and every one of us. That's why it resonates within each and every one of our hearts. Because David HaMelech wasn't only talking about Plishtim who were trying to kill him. David HaMelech wasn't only talking about Jews who are living under siege, like some of our brothers and sisters are living in Israel. Dovna was talking about enemies from outside and enemies within. The door shalom be'ikr, al door shul b'chinas, and hador zula olam, door shul ha'alama. It says door zula olam, save us from this generation, la'olam. Now the word la'olam, Chazal tell us, and you've heard this many times, that the word olam has, is, is from the word he'elam. Olam is from the word he'elam. In Hebrew, ne'elam means what? When something disappears. So the word olam, means concealment, when something is missing. So, Dovr HaMelech was davening for the generation at the end of time when there's going to be an unbelievable state of concealment, an unbelievable helen in the world of Hashem's presence. And my children will often ask me that. Like, every time we learn, that they learn in school, they're learning together about different nisim and the flows, miracles. So, um, 
Yeah, my little one just asked me recently. They're learning in school. They're learning about Hanukkah already since like uh, since Sukkot. They're learning about Hanukkah. So she asked me like, are there any are there any little jars of oil like that anymore, Patty? And I would love to say, sure, sweetie, we're gonna go see. There's a jar of oil. We're gonna we're gonna light it for eight days. It's gonna we're gonna light it forever. Eight means forever. So the, so not only little children but us big children. We're wondering how come we don't have any more of these Nisan the floors and we're thinking, yeah, if the Bashanta would be here, none of us would have any problems. We, we would see we would see Nisan and the floors. This is this is the test, this is what we're going through at the end of time. To be able to make it through a marble with such unbelievable concealment on Hashem's Bok's part, and to be able to hold on these last few minutes before Mashiach comes, not to slip into the ocean. We're living at a time where the concealment, there's two things. There's the concealment of the divine presence, and there's this horrible marble. So David Melch was asking, Hashem Tishmarim, watch. David Melch was asking Hashem to watch us, meaning that last generation before Mashiach comes, he was worried about us. Now, David Amalek, we believe with all of our hearts that David Amalek's tefillah was answered. David Amalek's tefillah was answered. So David Amalek, way back thousands of years ago, David Amalek was worried about us. He was worried about us. He was worried about, about going, us going, being, being in, the, in the secular world, going on the trains, husbands that have to go to places of impurity. And I know some, some of you also have to be in places that you'd rather not be during the day. You want to be with the families and so on. And Dov Melch was davening that Hashem should watch us. He, was, he asked, watch the generation of the flood. So it couldn't be that Dov Melch was talking about the earlier generation of the flood. What's there to watch? They were all already dead. So he was talking about that last generation where there's going to be a flood again, but a, a different kind of flood. And there's going to be a hellline, a, a concealment of your presence. Dov Melch daven to Hashem, please watch them. Take care of them. Therefore, Tzimei explains that we have to believe that despite the flood that we're in, despite the craziness, there is a Korach, there's a Korach, that Hashem is watching us. And we have help. Va'ata is brisi tishma, esani kel shakai, ishalech lefanai ve'yei samim. Hashem used a name with Avram Avinu, the name of Shin Dalad Yud. And Hashem said, I am Hashem, Shin Dalad Yud, which we have on our mezuzahs, on our teva, on the door leading to our little tevas. We have Shin Dalad Yud. And Hashem says, Hishalach lefanei v'hayei samim. Hashem told Avram Avinu, be, be simple, be pure-hearted. With the name Shin Dalad Yud, how does that help us? So he explains. It's a b'china sh'yadei Hashem yimei t'mimim. V'nachalosam v'olem t'yeh. It's a b'china sh'otamim t'yeh m'ashem alokecha. Not to not to ask questions, not to wonder, not to try to to have a, to to uh, to have an explanation of why is it that we have to live through such things, <clears throat> which is the kavach of mitzvahs mila, kel shakai dai elakusi. Now that name shin yud, that's on the door on the mezuzah, shin yud means that the word in Hebrew dai means what well, must speak. It means enough. Shin Dalagid means, the Gemara says, Chazal tell us, that I have given enough of my godliness, enough of my presence. Dai Elokusi. There's no one in the world that could say that he can't find me. There's nobody in the world that could say that, that I'm not available. Shin Dalagid means that, that there's enough of me in your life, on your level. Hashem doesn't expect us to be Dovra Malach, doesn't expect us to be Chavaz Chaims. But Dai Elokusi, I feel a bedor Olam. I know how Lamas Mispashit Umispashe Omar Avinisha Bishlaim that what? That even the end of time, when there's going to be this unbelievable flood, our father is still telling us a Dai Nisha Maspik Elokus, Shindalajud, Dai Elokus, there's enough of my presence in your life that you should be able to find me, that you should be able to serve me. Shani Meulachem, that I am going to shine into your lives. That's why we see that the Indian of Light and the Hanukkah candles 
so it's a very remarkable thing, and, and, and I'm not going to allow. I, I have to be careful not to get it. I start getting into Hanukkah. I'm not going to come back to the page. But the Indian of Hanukkah, you know, we don't have another mitzvah like this. Where even though the original mitzvah, as you all know, was really that in each house you just have to have one candle each night. That's all. You don't have to have one plus then two, then three, then four. It's an, you don't have to, and you don't have to have each person lighting. They have different customs, but you don't have to have in each house one candle each night. Really, that's the din. But everybody knows that we have a mahadrin, minimum mahadrin, that the Jewish people have taken upon themselves to try to light. Uh, everybody tries to light, uh, uh, not just one candle, but each night to add candles and so on. Neri Shubaisa. And the tzaddikim explain that, that sometimes a person thinks, well, you know, Hashem does miracles for, like, like I know, in, you know, in my house, I would think that if, if, if there's any worthiness for miracle, it certainly is not me. It would be for the wife and for the children. So Hashem Azbarat says, well, I want you, Weinberg, I want you to light a candle too. It means I love you also, and I'm, I'm involved in your life too, and I'm going to perform miracles for you as well. So Hanukkah illuminates our lives with this feeling that no matter how many mistakes we've made, no matter how low we are, that Hashem Azbarat is mayor alone, that Hashem Azbarat makes himself available to each and every one of us. That's why he wanted all of us, not just one candle, he wants us to add, and for each member of the household, and we should all, that each and every one of us should know that that there is a specific candle, a specific light that shines for each and every one. It's not just in general for the house. Maybe that wouldn't include me because you know I'm, I'm excluded, and that's why that's why the mitzvah of Hanukkah now to begin with. Even though, of course, you all know that we're allowed to light it up till 20 amos high, but the mitzvah to begin with is davkit should be lematim yasaratvachim. The tzaddikim, many tzaddikim are very careful to light it on a low stool. If you've seen pictures, if you've seen of tzaddikim lighting candles, they light it on a, on a low stool. There should be dafk in a low place beneath Asaratvachim, which is amazing. So the Barinayim, the Chernobyl explains in other tzaddikim that Chazal tells us that the Shechina, normally the Divine Presence stops Tentvachim from the earth. The Shechina doesn't, doesn't dirty itself with this world. It stops just ever so slightly above the world, the Shechina, with the exception of Hanukkah. Chanukah, the mitzvah is to light the Chanukah menorah davke, lematim esaratvachim. And as you know, the original way that we kept the mitzvah, and in certain places they still keep in your shine, many places to light it, by the door leading outside, into the outside world, which means even those Jews who are the lowest Jews in the world, even those Jews who are outside of the Teva, who they're lost, and they're already, they're already in the in the marble, they got lost hasasholim in the flood, that the light of Chanukah is able to reach down and to penetrate into the heart of each and every one of us. Now Hashem is saying that that's what it means when, it, when, he's, when he says over here that that there's enough of my presence that I'm going to I'm going to give you I'm going to share with you. What did Hashem promise Yaakov Avinu? Hashem promised Yaakov Avinu that I will be with you for all of your sorrows. Hashem promised Yaakov, and you remember that Yaakov was terrified. He didn't want to go to Egypt. Just like, just like all of us don't want to go out from our, our little world either. And Yaakov was afraid. So Hashem promised him, I will go with you into Mitzrayim. And I will also come out with you. This is hinting to our generation. That even though it's a crazy time that we're living in, that somehow we could be like Yaakov, who is described as a pure person, Ishtam, an innocent, pure person, that Hatmimis, Hashlichus Bechinis Noach Ishtadik Tamim Hayabedero, so just like Noach was able to somehow maintain his Tmimis, his pureness, even though he lived through the generation of the flood, Sheyukal Lios Lanu Hatmimis Hazev Hashlemus Hazev, as Anakiyas Hazev. This is one of the great wonders of Hashgorcha Sasha. One of the great wonders of Hashgorcha Sasha. Perhaps the greatest wonder that we could imagine. That in this generation that we're living in, with such crazy things going on, that Hashem still gives us enough light and gives us the opportunity that if we want to, we have to want. That if we want to legadel ulechanech doras kedoshim taharum, that we have the ability to raise and to educate holy and pure children, generations. When we hear lekabel pnei Mashiach tzakeinu, lichtegit children, that we don't have to be ashamed to bring them to Mashiach tzakeinu. Doras nitim taharum legamrei, kamashakosmer belzerav ve'ot tzadikim tzchusi ageneleinu. 
I was just talking to Rosh Hashiva, who, was, who mentioned to me that he had such an interesting experience. He had a, a new, there was a new bacha that came to the yeshiva from out of town. It was a New York yeshiva, and a bacha came from out of town. And uh, and and the, the Rosh Hashiva was listening. The bacha was sitting around by lunch and having a conversation. And they were talking. Some of the bacha came from they came from all different backgrounds. Most of them in New York, however, and his bacha was from out of town. So they were talking. And the, one of the, they were talking about where they had gone over the years to camp in the summer. So one of them mentioned the name of a camp. And the other Bach from out of town said, really? I never heard of that. What, what is that camp? Where is that? So he said, it's up in the mountains in Pennsylvania somewhere. And, and yeah, and they were talking about it. And it came out in conversation. I know this is going to sound very odd. It came out in conversation that, that they told him that this boy, apparently when he was younger, he went to a co-ed camp. There were boys and girls in the camp. So the fellow from out of town, who came from a very, very strong teva, so he said, I mean, Shema Shabbos? <laughs> and the Rashi was listening to this, and the boys said, well, why not? So he said, well, how could we show the, the boys and girls together in the same camp? Shema Shabbos? So, isn't that, it's very quaint, it's very cute, and we think, oh, wow, it's like a, a hick, right? He's a real hick. You know how Shema Shabbos would... Hashem Baruch would want more hicks like that in the world. <laughs> and, and the Rashida said, what a breath of fresh air. Like he ha- it's like this kid somehow in, ni- I was going to say 1990, in, in, in 2003, that there could be a messiah of, of a kid that is like untouched by this. And, he, and like he never heard of such a thing. How could it be? All right, it's like we all feel like, say, come on, buddy, you know, get with it. You know, uh, or like they say, uh, get real, which is a horrible expression, get real. It's not like there's such an harsh of a reality to get into. But, but that there could be, you know, he said, what a, what a breath of fresh air, that, like, that, that there's a bach, you know, that there's a bach that I like, can't even imagine. Can you imagine? Because, no, because the Chavos also wouldn't have chap. How could that be? And the Barisham also doesn't give Yochel chap. How could that be? That uh, such such a uh, such a preach is now generation of, but but it's so hard. But he's saying, you see, it's possible. Hashem gave the Hashem gave us the ability to watch our children if we want to. He he puts the shindal on each of our doors, and every time we walk in and we touch the mezuzah, girls are usually very big mezuzah kisses. You know, you have girls that they unbelievable mezuzah kisses. You know, that they can't pass any place. It's like mamish mezuzah. So, you know. The ik is the Ramah doesn't speak about kissing, but we, we should stop not just to kiss them. A, you should stop by a second. When I would, I, I would go with my Rebbe's Echa Cycle of Rocha, it was a thing that I learned from how he would go by mezuzah. I remember we were once walking someplace. I was walking with him. He walked very quickly, even though he was almost 90. I was always running after him. <laughs> and he was walking, and, and he would hold me. You know, I would hold him like this on my arm. And I was about to go through someplace, and he stopped. And he stopped, and he wouldn't go there. And I, I said, Rebbe, you know, is, is everything okay? So he said, there's no mezuzah here. There's no, there's no mezuzah here. I said, there's a mezuzah here. It was in a, a room from the yeshiva. There's a mezuzah here. He said, he doesn't like that mezuzah. It's not something's wrong with the mezuzah. And he wouldn't walk over there. And, and uh, if so I told a person from the yeshiva that this would happen, and they checked the mezuzah, the mezuzah was possible. And he, would, he wouldn't walk there. He wouldn't walk through the door. And when I used to walk with him, I first brought him to see my, my son, Ashazelik. He came in for Akwa. I brought him to see Ushi to give him a brach. And when I brought him to the house, he was stopped, stopped by the door. He put his head against the door, put his hand on the mezuzah. And he would lean on it for like five minutes. That's how he goes into a house. The name Shindalad Yud that's on the mezuzah means that when, that the, when you walk into your house and when you leave your house and you touch the mezuzah and you look at those letters, you should remember. That I have given enough of myself to you That you could remain pure Even in this generation So when you leave the house You should keep that in mind That wherever you're going to go I gave enough of myself that you could remain pure And he says this is one of the greatest Misam of our times That it's possible, that it's possible to, to raise children Despite everything it's one of the greatest Nisan of our times, and it can only be explained that David HaMelech was begging and crying to Hashem to guard that last generation that's going to have to live through a flood. That's the only way we can understand it. So let's continue. The Zohar in paragraph Ches. This is a great gift that Hashem has given us. That 
that Hashem's Baruch wants us each to build our own private base at Mikdash. That means that the Teva's Noah, our homes, which are a Teva, is like a little base of Mikdash. And that's what's also special about Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Hanukkah, you and I are involved in a mitzvah, lighting the menorah, that normally was done only in the base of Mikdash. That's such a thing, the lighting the menorah is done in the base of Mikdash. So what happens on Hanukkah is a remarkable thing. On Hanukkah, each and every one of us becomes like a little Kohen Gadol, like a, that's getting the base of Mikdash in Yerushalayim, in our own house. When you put the, when you light the menorah, Mitzvah Friday, Friday afternoon, the is the first candle. When we light the menorah, we should imagine, we should think that this is that the reason that we could do this is because every Jewish home can be a base hamikdash, and every single one of us is like a kohen, like a, like a kohen gadol. And we have to remember this. Aray Miklat Prati, we spoke about that list. Aray Miklat means the city of refuge. But no matter what's going on everywhere else in the world, that we can run to this place and know that, that we're out of that whole craziness. And this is a place that's, that's holy, that's pure, that's normal. Sitzis Prati, we spoke about the Talus. Remember, we wrapped a little boy in the Talus when he goes to Cheda the first time. Oros Makifim Pratium, surrounding lights that we spoke about last time. Again. That, that, that protect us. Sheesh b'chol bayis Yehudi in every Jewish home. Kol bayis mukav b'or Hashem shechofif alav the pchinas anani hakavod. Every Jewish home is surrounded by the anani hakavod by the clouds of Hashem's glory. Shohaya anan Hashem alehem yomam umara eish laila. That we know that in the time when we were in the desert, that during the day it was the cloud and during the night it was a pillar of fire. Kamosh tzadikim habengikach. That the tzaddikim, he always uses that term, which means they were cooking about this. They were very excited about this concept. Night, of course, doesn't only mean nighttime in the desert. Night means when it's difficult for us, when we're going through difficult times. Now, the time that we're living in, this time that we're living in now, is the end of the night, which is the darkest time, right before, right before Ayala Sashacha, right before Alosa Sashacha, before the first. The first appearance of light, the dark, the darkness is, is deepest. This is the time that we're living in now, before Mashiach. And Hashem put our neshamas into this generation. How come Hashem didn't put us into earlier generations? How come you and I weren't living a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, a thousand years ago? Why not? How come Hashem Hashem's put us into this generation? Because Hashem Hashem's knew that only we would be able to manage somehow to continue to hold on to Torah mitzvahs. And, and that some, and so it sounds crazy because we look at ourselves as being the weakest, most fragile, you know, Jews in the world. The emphasis is that we have unbelievable kaiches that even in this time of saif alayla, the end of the night, that we could that we could still become, we could still be great Jews. We could be big tzaddikim. In the night, Hashem gives us a gift that's called the pillar of fire. What is the pillar of fire? What does that mean? The pillar of fire says shall eish ahava. It means the fire of love. It's a tarichai rotsuf ahava. The way that Shlomo Hamal described the inside of the base of Mikdash, which is the inside of, of a Jewish home, that it should be filled with love. When Shlomo Hamal spoke about the base of Mikdash, even though it was beautiful, beautiful to look at, but he spoke rotsuf, he says rotsuf ahava. It was paved with love. It was filled with ahava. And so too, he says, this love, which was the love between Hashem and the Jewish people, and the Jewish people to Hashem, which the whole book of Shirishim is describing, this protects us. This protects us knowing that what? That even now, that, that our homes are filled with Hashem's love for us, and that, and that we also, in turn, are filled with, can be filled with that amud eish, that pillar of fire, is a shaman this watches us as if a he bin soha aron sheromez lezman shogalos by he bin soha aron when the aron in the midbar be traveling so we say that every time we take out the sefer Torah in shul we say by he bin soha aron now what happens when we say by he bin soha aron Yeshus Hashmir Atzumah Shal Kuma Hashem Viafut Zoyevecha Viandusu Misanecha so you've all heard this thousands of times Kuma Hashem Viafut Zoyevecha when the aron would would travel through the desert. With the pillar of fire and the cloud, so we would scream out, "Kuma Hashem Hashem, rise up and scatter, disperse all of your enemies. and all of those who hate you will will run for their lives. 
So that is something which is not only in the desert, but it's something which travels with us throughout our gullus, wherever we go. Kuma Hashem via via And it doesn't only mean it doesn't only mean um, uh, the enemies that are trying that there are enemies that we have that, that would like to see us God forbid killed. But it doesn't only mean those physical enemies, it means the spiritual enemies as well. And that's why I mentioned last night when I was talking to the when I was talking to the to the uh, there in Farakoy, I mentioned something that I saw recently in a cipher. But I saw a, a beautiful thing in this in a cipher that I want to share with all of you uh, about the Benzin Abishol. And I was told last night that the, that the Tzaddik of Benzin Abishol, who died just a few years ago, was one of the biggest father Shaposkim in the world. That Benzin Abba was was going walking on the street in Yushalayim, and there was a, a school bus that was letting off the boys, and the bus driver was getting very angry. In general, Israeli bus drivers are always <laughs> angry for some reason. So m- most of them. So, but they're nice in the end. They're always nice in the end. Uh, um, so the the boys were, were spending a little bit. Of, they were supposed to get off the bus, and instead they were like uh, talking on the bus or getting into some little argument. The boys and the bus driver started to yell at them. Get up, get going, get out of here. He started to yell, and then he was very embarrassed because all of a sudden Rebbein uh, Abishol peeks into the bus. He was standing there and he heard the guy yell at the children. And he stands up, you know, the bus driver is also a Saudi. He stands up, you know, they're very afraid of Sadiqim, you know that. He says, oh, Kroda Rav, uh, <laughs> he doesn't know what to say. So, so the, so the, uh, so Ben Abishol told him, I, I want you to understand, listen, there's something we, we should hold on to. Because I know that just like you, just like me, some of you might have problems with bus drivers with your children. I have a lot of problems over the years with the bus drivers. So, I mean, some of them just push it, you know, crazy. It's just crazy, pe- crazy people. It's so easy to be nice, especially to children. I don't understand, but all right, that's an, that's an Indian that needs further investigation. So, the 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 Rabbi Sin Abishol said that you should know that when you that when you are opening the door to your bus, it's mamish like you're opening up an Aron Kodesh, and when you're closing, when you're closing the door of your bus, it's like you're closing the Aron Kodesh. Every Little boy that comes in to your bus, it's like psicha. It's like it's like you're bringing back the sefer Torah into the aron. And every single time you open the door to let the boys off to go home, it's like the sefer Torah is being taken. And instead of yelling at them, you should give them a kiss, just like you would give a sefer Torah a kiss. And 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 this that I saw this I saw this last of Shabbos. This is ringing in my head. If been seen Abishol told that to a bus driver, that they stand, it's a job. And can you imagine how we have to feel like? When we open the door to let our children into the house, mostly the mothers are there at that time, to open the door to let the children in, and to and in the morning when we open the door to let the children out, how we have to realize that every child is mamish is safe at Torah, and and it's so hard, especially those times, it's very very hard, and it's, and and the same way that a safe Torah deserves to be greeted and taken care of properly, and if possible, if it's possible that the mother should be there for psicha, women are uh, many women are upset that they never get a chance to do psicha. Right? And sure, never get to say, no one ever is mechabed you It's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair. So here you have every day, those of you those of you who are blessed with children, every day, if you have children, they're going to school, you have, you, you, you could call out your name and say, we could say, mechubed, and it doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to bid. You don't have to have a whole thing like the men have with each other. Like how come he got and I didn't get it? It's all yours. Every morning, you can sing with the children. Listen, but when you send the children, this is what I was thinking about so much. When you send the children out, and I've been trying to think about this with the children, then we, and when you send them out, what do we dive them when we send the children out? There's, there's little safer Torahs with their, with their knapsacks and their, and their funny hats and gloves, especially now they're cuter than ever. So what, what, what are we thinking about? We're thinking, Kuma Hashem There's all I've been thinking about since I saw this Maya Erev Shabbos. Kuma Hashem Hashem, rise up. Take away from my children there shouldn't be any, any enemies to hurt them. But not only physical enemies that could hurt them. I don't want my children seeing anything from anybody that hates you, Hashem. Anybody that's against your way, the way that my wife and I try to teach them. Kuma Hashem, you know what? It, it, it's giving me such chizik this story, I can't tell you. Try it. Try thinking about this. It's such a chizik to think this way. It's, it's, that's how the tzaddik looks at the world. He sees a bus driver pulling a lever, and all of us are thinking, ah, what a job. It's this is a crazy, this is a, this is a terrible thing, a poor guy. And, and he's yelled. He saw this like mamish. He saw children coming out, like like coming out from an armed kodesh, little kids. 
But that's the tefillah of Kuma Hashem that the daven, that the children, that wherever they go, they should be a shmir, they should be watched, they should be protected. <coughs> Wherever they go, and you know something, it doesn't only mean where they have to, where they're walking. Nowadays, they made it almost impossible that a child should be able to be that a kid once he already gets or she gets older to even do schoolwork without having to go onto the internet and onto these machines. That that everybody's screaming about the internet, but at the same time, the schools are giving assignments that require that make it almost impossible for a child to compete with other children unless you're on the internet. And and and, and everybody's screaming. It's such a mixed message, you know. The, the internet is tummy, tummy, tummy. And for tonight's homework about tumma, you have to look up every website about tumma. <laughs> I'm like, what are they supposed to do? Okay. So, so think about it also, that you have to dive in. First of all, of course, you have to take practical, practical steps that they should never be in a place late or by themselves. But, but besides that, you should dive in. Not only when my kid goes to school, and my kid goes, kid's getting older and they're going out into the world, help them whenever they're surfing on the web that they should never ever meet up with one of Hashem's enemies. They should never go, God forbid, to a wrong place. It never was like this. We never had to worry about this. We only had to worry about our children going away from home. We never had to worry about them being in the home and going away from home. We're living in such a time that they're in your own house. They're in a room in the house. And they could be millions of miles away from their parents. They could be in places that you or I would never ever, God forbid, think of going to. And the, and the children, somebody was just telling me, I was talking to one of the Chavayim, that found, he was looking through some things of one of the children, and he found a whole history that, 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 that he uh, was talking about a boy that's, that just is in high school, just started high school, that he has this relationship with a girl. That the shyness, the words that are being used, he found that the boy didn't know enough to cover the tracks with a computer. He doesn't, he's not that sophisticated. And the father found that he has hundreds of emails back and forth, filled with the craziest tumma that he sends, that he's sending back and forth with, with some girl. And and now the father's give up. What am I going to do? So our children are the children are now living at a time when when they're home and they're traveling. You, you know, you remember Fiddler on the Roof, that beautiful part when the lighting candles, right? So, <clears throat> Hashem, that Hashem should always watch you wherever you go. And that was a tefillah that all of our mothers said for us when they lit candles, that we should be kept, that not, not the Ein Har. People come to ask me, they, they ask me, what about Ein Har? People are so worried about Ein Har, so they're wearing all kinds of things and put up signs and wear necklaces. All the Ein Har said, look, that's what you're worried about? That's what you're, you're paying, you're paying for America online. You're paying the what? And your children are, are, are going to places, you, you're, you're diving, that, what, that, no, that they should never be seen the wrong way, that their eyes should never be that I should never see things that are not pure, that are not holy, and, and where are we sending them? And that these machshavas that, that that they have to that they have to live with the rest of their lives. These things, these places where they go on that on that machine, when they go to these places, even though everybody's saying, "Ah, oh, dear, right," you know, like people always say, "Listen, I also I also did stuff." So you see, I'm fine. First of all, it's not true. We're not fine. That, that's not true. Who's fine? Number one. Number two. Number two. It, the, the things that you and I, I mean, I mean uh, there are different ages here, but it's the things that you and I uh, are contended with, uh, I'm talking about myself growing up 40 years ago, 35 years ago, it's, it's not the same thing that the children are contending with these days. And, and they're taking these trips in our homes. So you have to scream at, Kuma Hashem, Panecha. That the Baruch should, should, that they shouldn't, God forbid, they shouldn't be killed by any of the enemies that they find on this website and that website because the kids are going all over the place on these machines. The chatting rooms, all these things. And, and it's not like my whole mahalak is really, I, I don't, I'm not one of those that feels that, it's, that you know, we should just, the, 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 the tumma, the tumma, the tumma. But, but we, have to, we, have to keep, we have to worry about our children. That's what this whole thing is about, to worry about our children, to daven for our children, to take precautions for our children. So that's what he's explaining. That the home has to have an omud ha'esh, there has to be a pillar of fire. Now he talks about what does it mean on a simpler level, the pillar of fire. Next page. So a person might think, well, you know, I am a good teva builder, I am a good builder of an ark because I talk to my children about the parasha. I say son, I say Krishna at night with my children. And these are all wonderful things. So we might think that perhaps we're Yotze with that. In other words, we, we talked about Yiddishkeit at the Shabbos table, we sing Zemirs, it's all beautiful. So we might think, well, I'm a good table builder. I'm doing my job as a table builder. I spend my five minutes, you know, ten minutes a day, you know, building the table. 
when we talk to the children about uh, being uh, Adinus, which means being uh, Adinus Edel, gentle, mannered, and so on, and it's Nias and to be modest and so on. The Kedushal Mi'irunli Yolodim Akam Avinu Shubh Shalayim Rotsev Nosen Karachal Kol Nisham Yodis, and we tell our children how much HaKash Baruch Hu gives every Jewish Nisham, L'chol Ben, every son, L'chol Bas, every daughter, the L'chol Talmud, every student, L'chol B'chines Avram Avinu, to be like an Avram Avinu, L'chines Ani Choma, Avram Avinu said about himself, even though it's in Shir Hashim, I am a wall, Ani Choma, which is also connected to Hanukkah. What does it mean, I am a wall? I am a wall means that I am impenetrable. There are things that I believe in, there are things that I know, and there is nothing in the world that is going to shake me. We, we, we want to have children like that. We want to be able to have children that wherever they go in the world, they're not going to be seduced or tempted by those sounds that they hear out there. They're not, they're not going to want to check into those things. That's how strong the world is. The need of Hanukkah, of course, is Yevadim Nikbutzolai, Azabi Mechashim, Ufaritsu Chomos Megdalai. The walls were broken through. The walls were broken through. And the, and the Indian of Hanukkah is to strengthen the walls to rebuild the walls. That's why it's connected to Asar B'tavis, which was a failure with Asar B'tavis. And of course, this, this siege of Yushalayim. And we're living now at a time, even not in Yushalayim, but we're all, there's a siege. There's something going on outside of our walls. And our children have to grow up with Ani Chayma. I am a wall. I am a wall. And those people that give speeches about, well, we have to be so worldly, we have to be so worldly. The biggest, it's like you would think that the biggest, most important ikr in all of life is that the child should be worldly. So I've had conversations with people that, that can't believe, how is it possible you could bring up a child without a television? How is it possible? And I, and I said, I don't understand, how is it possible to bring up a child with a television? So the terror says, don't you want your child to be worldly? Okay. I want them to be worldly, but I have a list of priorities. And my, and my list of priorities, at least for the first 17, 18 years, until they're, until they're strong enough, until the walls have been fortified, I want them to, to be surrounded completely in wholeness. Then they're, being a, they're going to be in a position where they can make these choices of what they want in the world. But don't tell me that some seven-year-old little kid should be worldly, and there's some sort of a tachlis of being worldly. What, there's some sort of a goal? In Hashem's eyes, do you think that's the tachlis of our lives? Even if you say that there is such an Indian, like, you know, that, you know, that every kid should know what's going on in the world. I've had many conversations and I've spoken together a number, many times with, with psychologists, especially the year of the, um, what happened, the Mice in Manhattan. So, the World Trade Center. So, I was going to many places with a friend of mine, Dr. Palkovich, is a very choshev, a therapist. And we spoke together on a number of occasions and I was listening very carefully to what he was saying. And he was saying how children are mostly being traumatized by the images that they're watching on television over and over and over again. The images that they're watching on television and that they're hearing about and all of these things that, that, that they're delicate and they're they're not ready for these things. They're not, they're not prepared for these kind of things. So all of this is what? No, I want my child to be worldly. At what expense do you want your child to be? What is the expense? What price are you paying for worldliness? That, do you think that there's some sort of a tachlis? My child, how is it? I'm going to bring. I was, I was raised with sesame. I'm not saying we had ever sesame in my life, but uh, now uh, a younger mother or father might say, I was raised with sesame street. I don't want to deprive my child of sesame street. <laughs> I've heard things like this. I was raised with. I was raised with non-Jewish music and so on. I don't want. I don't want to deprive my child. What does that mean? You don't want to deprive your child. So, you, so here, you're making a choice to deprive your child of what? Of, of being a pach shaman, a jar of oil which is sealed with the seal of the high priest, which is holy and pure. That you can deprive your child of. But you can't, I can't deprive the Sesame Street. Not to say the Sesame Street, I never saw it. <clears throat> the, I don't know. But I know the one time, my mother used to say, can I let, let the children watch? Why don't you let the children watch? Said, you know, when they were over there, by my mother, watch them out. You have no Rahman. You're so cruel. You're so fanatic. Maish. What's that? So, you know, when my mother, so, when they were little, the only thing I saw once for a second was I walked into the room. They were watching with my mother, Sesame Street. At that time, it was me here in the city. The little ones were sitting on the edge of the bed, watching with, with my mother. All of them like this, watching Sesame Street. And there, were, and there was a funny-looking creature uh, in a costume. They were saying, they were teaching the alphabet, and was saying, B as in boogie. That's all I heard. And then they did a dance to some rap music. So that's all I know about. I'm, I'm assuming there's other stuff that goes on. But my only exposure to Sesame Street was B as in boogie. So would I want to deprive my child of that? Yes. I don't see what the tachlis is. And, 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 um, and we have to be prepared to face the Kosh Baruch 120. And the Kosh Baruch says, Ah, you sister Sadekis, you love your children so much, you didn't want to deprive them of those things that you had. But you deprive them of the things that I wanted them to have. 
I wanted your son and daughter to be raised in pureness and holiness. I wanted you to have tzaddik and tzadkaniyas. That was the top priority. If they want to be worldly, then when they're bali bechira, they'll make it bechira. They're going to go. They're all going to end up in the world. Don't worry. They'll end up in the world. I want them to be at a point where they can make bechira with have ani There's a wall. There's a fortified city. We have a Jew that a Jew that's strong. And all of these svaras that you and I use, that we that people you hear all the time, these svaras, these all these rationalizations about how and you know otherwise, like I have you know, how many times I have to listen to this. This is mamish, amazing. That we can only you can only you can only comment on it when there's clarity. So I've heard this many, many times. That so, so, so I would have a discussion. Why do you why do you send your kid to a college school? Why do you send your kid to a college camp? It's not good. You know, let them, let them, it's, it's it, it, unhealthy emotions. A lot of things besides the Yiddish guy. So then I'll have. Uh, this is I'm talking about an eight-year-old child. I would, I've had many times that that a parent would say to me, "Well, I want my son to be able to know how to relate to girls," as if this is something that's just like. Nobody ever worked this out, this Indian. Like, you know, how's this going to happen? They, they, somehow the Baruch Shalom, I, it works out. I don't know how, but at some point they discover each other. But this is like a svar of an eight-year-old kid. So the Baruch Shalom is Yeshua B'Shamayim Yisrael, whether Hashem is laughing or crying. Hashem says, I don't want that now for an eight-year-old child. I want, I want him to meet his wife under the chuppah. Or he can meet her like a couple of days before, whatever. But I don't want. I, but I don't want. I don't want like making little shaduchim and zivugim between eight-year-olds, and to and to have what a kalus rush. You know, I, you know, it's totally politically incorrect to talk this way. And and you know, forgive me. I don't. And I never mean to to, to hurt anybody's feelings. Chas v'shalom. And I believe and I love and respect every Jew, whatever their choices are, in a, in a very, very complete and total way. But I, I can't stand and, uh, and be silent. Not, and not to say that there's something that just... Our minds are so warped by, by, by thoughts that are not coming from holiness. That we have that we can say such a bizarre and absurd thing that a little kid has to learn how to relate to girls. And girls and boys when they're 8 years old, 9 years old, they have their cousins, they have enough shaykhs to cousins. And that also is confusing. That's also confusing. All psychologists say it. I've spoken to people about it. There's a lot of confusion with the boys and girls. And then you put them into a camp and they see counselors up to funny stuff. You know, it's all confusing. Even without the Yiddish guy. But the point is that Shabbos Baruch said, I want you to watch them. I want you to take care of them. And I understand that you want them to be well-adjusted, you know, men and women, as if this has made, this has produced a generation of such wonderful marriages. You would think, <laughs> like all the all the co-ed people, like they're so happily married, you know, because they grew up co-eds. Now they just continue in their co-edness, and and you think that it would be so, everybody's so like happy and well-adjusted. There, there's there's plenty of sorrows. I mean, you know, there's there, there's never been this crazy sorrows going on between men and women. So many strange and bizarre things are happening, and you would think that they they had 20 years to practice Rabbi Shalom, 20 years, and I and I have cousins of mine that they did. Never spoken in life, never saw them, my relatives, and that's and that Blian Harum, everything should go well, everything's good. That's a sweet thing, and they learn how to love each other, to care for each other, but having a memory of 30 girls that he went out with, and without her thinking of 30 guys that she knew, and, and on a difficult day with her husband, Yevald, it was once I remember I had that boy, you remember in college, ooh, that was special. If I would have married him, look at my lawyer, look at him, look at him, guy sleep on the couch, you know. And this guy's like some prince, you know, in shining armor. This, uh, you imagine he's also not, but he's also bald and fat by now. The guy, the guy from the college, right? But the, but the memories of Yevald, the memories. So this is all part of the chinuch of our children. I mean, I'm saying, uh, I, I, I'm obviously being very, very. Forgive me, I'm being very cynical and sarcastic, but but only to make only to make a point. And the point is the point is a real point. And I don't want to get I don't want us to lose the point in my narish guy because I'm saying it in a narish way. But I mean it. Sometimes in order to understand, like we're learning in narish atshuvas here, in order to understand the difference between good and evil, one has to really focus to see what's wrong with something. What's wrong with this? What is this? In order to appreciate it. So, so, so he's saying, what Sime is explaining over here, is that we have to, our children have to be raised in a place, I am a world, like Avma Avinu, on, on page Yud, five lines, uh, six lines down, like Avma Avinu, why is he called Ha'ivri? He was called the Ivri, Hebrew, because Ivri means, as you know, Chazal tell us, the whole world was on one side, and he was on the other side, and he didn't care. Everybody's different from me. I'm proud of who I am. I would like the menorah and the whole, the whole world should see our menorahs. This is who we are, we're not ashamed. 
We have this to be strong, to be like walls. However, we have to remember that Sinai says that Hashem doesn't want only that we should do this when we're learning with the kids and we're, and we're talking to the kids about Yiddishkeit and when they're in the home together with us. Not only when we're talking about our kids, about how they have to be with, you know, in, in Kedusha and be in the Teva. And that we shouldn't, that telling our children how they shouldn't be influenced by any of those who are weakening their, that wall. We have to tell our children over and over again to be careful and to be and to, and, to, and to be very very cautious about all those characters of Amalek and Esav and Edom that are surrounding us in, inside and out. That we have to teach our children to be careful of all those things that are the opposite of You are holy and your name is holy and your Jewish people are holy Hashem describes this as a holy nation Not only when we talk to our children about these things are we building the, the ark in all of our lives, all of the time. Not just when we're talking to our kids about important things. When our children watch us, how we act, how we live, what are our priorities, how do we spend our vacations, where are mommy and daddy on their vacations, what do we do in our spare time. Every, what, are we, what are the books that we read? What are the magazines that we're looking at? What are the, what are the things that the children, every single thing, not only we're lecturing them. The main chinuch is not even the lecture. Uh, you forget the lectures. But the children see what are our priorities. The children see what are we reading? Where are we going? If you think they don't know, it's not true. The tzaddik can tell us that wherever a parent goes, the Rabbani Shalom lets that neshama of the child know exactly where his parents are. Exactly. The children know exactly where the parents are every moment of their lives because the neshamas are bound together. And the child might not, the child certainly doesn't know it, know it in, a, in, in, a, in, a, uh, in a conscious way, but the neshama of the child is hurt if, the, if, the, if, what, if, if a mother or father are someplace where they shouldn't be or are doing things that they shouldn't do. The child feels, the neshama of the child feels that pain in an unbearable way. And it takes them, uh, it takes them away from their parents. They feel, they feel in certain ways, they feel repulsed and disgusted if God forbid the parents are doing something that they shouldn't be doing. But this is what it says in the Svamakash. That's what he means. Everything in life, not just when we're lecturing the kids. Wherever we are, whatever we do. There's no escaping. This is what we put into the world for. There's no time off. We're building this protection. When you or I are careful with what we do, when you or I are careful with what we look at, when we're careful with how we speak, when we're careful with what we look at, that gives our children more and more karchis, more and more shmir. So, that, so a parent, this parent that was telling me about his little boy that he found that he has his girlfriend on the uh, on the uh, internet. So he asked me, what could I do? I, I, I said, well, you can't confront him right now with that because that could be very, very bad that he's that you that you were looking at his things. It's, you have to be very careful. That could that could that was a betrayal. Well, you know, it's a very dangerous thing. He'll feel very hurt by that. So I said, there are two things right now. We'll talk more. We'll see you in know, a little while. But right now, there are two things that you could do. One is, davening is always very important. The second thing is that you be careful. He, he didn't want to hear that. You know, there are, you know I was going to say that. It's only, how, you know, how am I going to stop my kid? I said, if you're going to show Hashem as a if you're going to fortify your world, if you're going to be strong with what you look at, if you're going to, if you're going to turn off the machines and not to pay any attention to these things and, 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 and spend, put your eyes more on the Gemara, put your eyes more on the Sfarm, then it's going to have Hashpah, that your child will have a stronger Shemir. That's how Hashem does it. There's no shortcuts. When we do that with ourselves, it creates a Shemir for our children. And it doesn't make a difference if you prove, yeah, but I know that this girl turned out to be such a pizza today because her parents are the worst. <laughs> you make, these kind of, this is also like from an irrational place when people say these things like, you know, well, I know. There's like this thing. There are things that are B'dayach HaTavah and there are things Shalom B'dayach HaTavah. Nobody would say that, nobody would say, I don't mind having a certain sickness because I know that two out of every 10,000 survive. So I'm fine with that. That's ridiculous. 
that's not the derech teva. There's a certain mahalach. The certain mahalach is that this is what we try to do. That that that, that our children should come out. That they should be good children. Therefore, we, we're building that teva all of the time. The second you get married, and he's going to explain it even before you have the kids, with God's help, not everybody's zayich the children, but if you zayich the children, even before you have the children, when you get married, already even before you get married, Lamaisa, before you get married, you're already in the process of, of creating that teva, that boat. It's a base Yaakov. This this Indian of, of what of the house which I spoke about last night, Beis Yaakov, which we're going to see inside, I guess next time. The greatest compliment that was given to Yaakov Avinu was that he came with his family at the beginning of Sefer Shmos. Eilu Shmos bnei Yisrael haboy mitzvayma. Beis Yaakov ishu beiso bo. That Yaakov Avinu came with the entire mishpacha, with the entire mishpacha. It's becoming harder and harder to do that. You know, when Mashiach is going to come soon, it should be any day. It's going to be, it's going to be very, very hard. There are going to be many fine Jews who are not coming with all of their children. Because the children are not with them. I don't mean because they live, they live out of town. They don't want to have a shaykh. It's the Yiddish guy, God forbid. It's becoming harder and harder. Es Yaakov, Ish Ubeiso. Like it says by Hanukkah candles, near Ish Ubeiso. That everybody should be home to light them in home. But it, and that's why... The meaning of Yosef at Sadiq is that he, uh, of Yaakov Avinu, that, he, that when Yosef was missing, as I, spent, I spoke about, I think, last time, that Yaakov Avinu was standing and waiting, what's going to, what's going to be with Klai Yisrael? There's no Yosef at Sadiq when Yosef at Sadiq was missing, which is the meaning from this parasha. When Yosef at Sadiq disappeared, because Yosef at Sadiq means that Sadiq inside each and every one of us. And Yaakov Avinu, it says, He couldn't be consoled. Because what? Because his child wasn't home. And that's not just talking about Yosef in the time. It means any parent, God forbid, who has a child that's not living, who's not with him, who's not with, who's not a bias. It doesn't mean physically in the house, but any child who's got to be stuck someplace in Mitzrayim, in a crazy place, far from holiness. That what? How many Jewish parents are now standing by the doors when they like Hanukkah and they're looking at like Yaakov and where's Yosef and Sadiq? Where's my child? I thought he was going to be a Sadiq when we had him. When he was little, everybody called him Sadiq, Sadiq, Sadikus. Where are they now? Where are they? So that's the meaning of Yaakov, you know, missing Yosef at Sadiq, that there shouldn't go to be a separation between parents and children. We're living through such an unbelievable, difficult time of parents with children that they should be together, Ishu so that the parents, that we should be able to come and greet Mashiach Sakain with all of our children. The Lubavitcher used to say that there aren't only four children in the Haggadah, there's really, at the Seder, four, there's really a fifth. The fifth one doesn't even come to the Seder. The Russia, the wicked son, at least he came to the Seder, that's not bad. He came to the say that's pretty good. But there's a fifth of the love Shabbat, and you know what he said about Shabbat, he says, he used to tell his chassidim, I want you to go find that fifth one and bring him back. That's what the love Shabbat said, I want you to find that fifth one, I want you to bring him home. Because there's no greater nachas ruach that you give the Barisham, who's our father, when you bring one of his children back home. And this is our avayda, this is our avayda now to try that we should be, that we should be able to greet Mashiach Zakein, Yaakov, Ishu, Beis, Bo. And if you think about that, then the silly comments like, I want my kid to be like out there. I want my kid to be worldly. If anybody would come to you and say, hey, you know what? You, you're making, you're, you're using your child, uh, you, you, you've decided that our greatest priority in your child is that he should go to some college, you know, uh, in Ithaca, whatever, because you heard that over there, like, uh, he might get, you know, if he goes to that college, you might, if you do well in that college, you can make, you can start off as a starting salary, you can make already like 10,000 more than if you go to Queens College or something, I don't know. If you go to Ithaca, to, you know, or someplace further away, and a parent makes these choices for children, and they bring up children in that direction. And the schools, if there are schools that are like this, if the yeshivas that are in any way are, are what are are in some way causing the children to be inclined away from their homes, away from their parents, away from their brothers and sisters, away from Jewish community. God forbid. And what's the priority? So we're going to say to Mashiach okay, we're not going to come with all of our children. We're going to say, well, I want my kid to have a break. I want my kid to have an Ivy League, you know, to be able to go to the fraternity. And and how did you do that? Well, there's 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 a you know there's a Chabad house in Ithaca. All of these ridiculous things that it's true, but but that's not why the Chabad schools are there for your kid. <laughs> They're there for the fifth. <laughs> They're represented for the fifth kid, not for one of our kids. It's not there for our kids. They'll they'll service our kids too because they'll take care of any Jew. But that's not why they're there. They're there for the fifth child. But but we shouldn't be sending our children away. The children have to be with us. With us. 
with us, I say to parents now, because even to send a kid to a dormitory, to send away, the Eretz also, we are okay, because now we need to get them away from the Sviva, and Eretz has become in our generation a bit of a Tevasnar, but it's still to send the children away, is it's a hard decision to make that a child should leave the house. Sometimes it's a house where the child should go away from that house, unfortunately, it's terrible to say, but sometimes there's a home where it's, where it's an unhealthy environment, and there isn't a Tevasnar, and that the children need to go someplace else, to be in a yeshiva, to be somewhere else, where they're not in such a house, that they're fighting and there's arguments, and God forbid, things like that. But we're living in crazy times. And the whole feel that we have now is that we should be able to greet Mashiach with our children together, all of our families together, all diverse, all generations together. Our Zaydis, our Bobbies, our grandparents, our great-grandparents went through fire, mamish fire, ice and fire, that they should be Jews. And they can have tainas. And you couldn't, you had... You had a, like a five-bedroom house and a two-car garage with central air conditioning, and you couldn't manage. And they'll show us like what they learned, what they went through to be Jews. I want to show you what I went through to be a Jew, and I raised Yiddish Adiris, and you. And they're going to say, yeah, but it was it was harder for us. It was harder because we didn't have the Nisyans. We have what to say because they didn't have like you know in, in Lodge or uh, you know in Varsha. Well, Varsha they already had a lot of stuff going on really, but they didn't have in the Shtetlach didn't have in the shtetl of the kind of things that we have to contend with. So we have what to say, but it's chaval to have to say. The Rebbe wants that we should be able to greet Mashiach Sakin with all of our children together, all of ourselves together, not dispersed in a million places. We're going we're gonna to continue next, next time.